Welcome to an all-new episode of Get Lit with Leanna, the podcast. Join me as I sit down with a new guest author in each episode to discuss their books, careers, and everything in between. Today, I'm sitting down with international bestseller and New York Times bestseller, Elena Armas, who wrote the new romance, The American Roommate Experiment. You may recognize Elena's name as the author of The Spanish Love Deception, which popped off on social media last year as one of the best romance books of the year, and it's actually being turned into a movie, which I cannot wait for. But I'm so excited to have Elena on the podcast, not only to talk about this book and The Spanish Love Deception, but also because she got her start as a bookstagrammer and then wrote a book, which is such an interesting trajectory for an author's career. So I can't wait to talk to her about what it was like being a creator turned author, how she came up with the concept for The Spanish Love Deception, and what she makes of its rapid success, what her reaction was like when she found out that the book was going to be turned into a movie. Movie, and then, of course, what it was like to write The American Roommate Experiment. And we get to go into some of my favorite scenes and her favorite scenes of this book. So without further ado, my conversation with the incredible Elena Armas starts right now. Welcome, Elena Armas, to the podcast. I'm dead, dead, dead that you are here. I am <laughs> so excited to record with you. Obviously, you know, I'm obsessed, obsessed, obsessed with a Spanish love deception. And I was DMing you and I was telling you this like a few days ago, but I legit think like I may be more obsessed with the American roommate experiment. Like explain that to me. Well, that makes me very happy. <laughs> I didn't think that this was going to be possible yet. Like here we are. Yeah, here we are. I mean, it is, it, it does feel so good when I mean, maybe I shouldn't feel this way, but it's kind of like a relief when people tell me, oh my God, I, I think I'm loving uh, the American Dreamer experiment even more than the Spanish love deception. And it kind of feels good because I'm so terrified <laughs> right now. I am Don't so be. scared for this book because it's, I mean, we will talk about this, but it's like different from the Spanish love deception in a yeah. lot of different ways. Yeah. So I'm a little nervous. So when you no. told me, oh my God, obsessed, I stayed up like yeah. reading. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> I devoured this book. Like I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And like, I'm just so obsessed. But before we get into it and we talk yep. about this book, I need to like talk to, to you about your background because you, I think are the first, I think you are, I think you're the first besides Chip ponds. Uh-huh. I think yeah. you were the first bookstagrammer turned author that I've had on my show. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. which is an insane concept. And I didn't even know that you were a bookstagrammer before. Like, let me explain to you how mm-hmm. I found you and this yeah. whole thing. It was like a random day. And all of a sudden, every single person on my feed is posting about the Spanish love deception. And I'm like, where did this book even come from? Like, it wasn't even on my radar. Like, how did I not even hear about it? Like, where is this coming from? And then I clicked on your page and I was like scrolling through and I was like, oh my God, she like literally posts like bookstagram content. <laughs> and then I think it was Chip who was like, yeah, yeah, she's a bookstagrammer who like wrote a book. And I was like, oh, my mind blown. <laughs> so I need to know about your background. Like tell me everything before mm-hmm. the Spanish Love Deception. So <clears throat> let me see. Um, okay. So Everything started years ago. I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not able to remember how long ago I started with this, like the blogging gig, you know, the okay. book blogging gig. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like years ago. Um, so 
So first I opened one of those WordPress sites, like the free ones. And I was writing reviews and I was like, Hey, you know, I don't have anyone to talk about uh, books with. So I might as well, you know, talk online about them. And um, from there, I jumped um, to Instagram when, you know, like, when Instagram was um, like the feed was chronological. Yeah, like when it was normal. Yeah, yeah. Like before yeah. this whole boom of, you know. Reels in- and. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so years before that. And um, yeah, so I started taking photos. I'm talking about books there. And my following started like growing um, exponentially, mm-hmm. which was I mean, it was good. I was like, okay, so people want to hear about like what I have to say about books. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, I don't consider myself one of the OGs. There were a lo- there was a lot of people before me on Instagram, okay. like on Bookstagram, but I was witnessing the OGs, you know, happening. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, at first I used to blog about young adult literature. Then um, I jumped to romance. So it was like a mix at some point. And then mm-hmm. I was full on obsessed with romance books. And from yeah. there, I jumped to the, hey, how about I write a book? A romance oh my book. God. And yeah. Okay. So that's kind of how it started. Yeah. 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 Like a short summary of how, how it happened. <laughs> so from my understanding though, you wrote the Spanish love deception and then published it yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it like mm-hmm. popped the hell off on social media. Like what happened? Yeah. So, um, it was a slow kind of slow process. It wasn't yeah. like publishing and then boom. Um, okay. So I self-published the Spanish Love Deception in February 2021. Um, And it didn't blow up on TikTok until August, mid-August. Okay. But so people were starting to, I mean, people were still kind of buying and talking about the Spanish Love Deception on Instagram because I had a lot of bloggers that I knew that I sent my book to. Right. Um, So... On that, like, on that side of things, I think I was a very lucky mm-hmm. person, um, like a very lucky debut author, mm-hmm. especially self-published, because I had a platform and I yeah. had like contacts and I could reach out to bloggers that I was friendly with. And I was right. like, if you're interested, you can read it and then you can talk about it if you like it. Like, it was very good vibes, very, yeah. you know, and people, yeah. I mean... The community is amazing. I'm in love with the Bookstagram community. Me too. Um, Everyone is really, really helpful when you're reaching out, asking for help. so nice. Yeah. 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 It's it's an amazing community. So I was very lucky to have that support. And then um, it suddenly, like, it was an overnight thing on TikTok. It was, right? That's how it felt like for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It, It totally was. I mean, some people were talking about it on TikTok and I was very happy that you know they were finding the book and liking Mm -hmm. it enough to talk about it like Mm -hmm. either TikTok or Twitter or YouTube like Mm -hmm. I was very very grateful but then there was like this one TikTok that went I think in 24 hours it it gathered or it got to 6 million or 7 million views oh my god and that was the TikTok that put the Spanish Love Deception into the top 100 Amazon, like Kindle. Right. And from there, 
it's when everything happened. <laughs> so insane. So from your standpoint, like as an author, were you just like, this is insane because it's so beyond any of my control. Like, it's not like I was going out and doing promo marketing or I was, you know, like this is literally just somebody found this book who happened to like it and it like totally. took off. Yeah. 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 No, that was, um, that is still to this day. I have trouble processing like how that happened because mm-hmm. it wasn't even one of the popular book talkers. It was, it was a girl. She, I think at that point she had like a thousand, 2000 followers on TikTok, right. which I mean, it's not a lot. It yeah. is, it is a good following. I'm no, not saying it's little, but yeah. Yeah. And in, in like context of TikTok, when people yes. have millions of followers, she's not like a top creator. Yeah, have she you... was not. I contacted her um, the following day. So this TikTok went, started going viral and people started like tagging me because I had an okay. account on TikTok. I was not posting much okay. because I didn't know how to. I'm a millennial. So <laughs> I was like, uh, this is not for me. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so that day when... um. Yeah, so I contacted her the morning when I saw the Spanish Love Deception had like hit the top 100 Amazon. I was like, this is thanks to you. I mean, it didn't take, you know, yeah. a genius to figure that one out. Yeah, connect the dots. To correlate those two things. Yeah. Because her TikTok had like 5 million views that morning and my book was on the top 100. So yeah, so I was like, Abby, I think her name is Abby. I was like, Abby, you did I it. I owe Thank you my you. life. I owe you my life. I mean, Crazy. I didn't know at that point that day, I couldn't know that things were going to um, go the way they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was just like a pick on sales. And I was very grateful for that. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, I couldn't have predicted that that was the start of everything. Right. Yeah. And, and then, then yeah. I know for a fact, like, um, going back to your question, um, Atria, I think yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if it was Atria, um, like my publisher who contacted her for um, an arc of the American Rumor Experiment, <laughs> or if I send them like the account, I don't remember, but I know that she got the arc of the American Rumor Experiment. Good. So it was a nice full circle moment. I was like, you have to have one. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm sure she like loved, I'm sure she like loved um, hearing from them and getting that book. But speaking of Atria, so mm-hmm. the book kind of popped off on its own because of social media and you were still self-published. You didn't have a publishing house behind you. Like how did Atria come into the conversation? And now obviously American mm-hmm. Roommate Experiment is published by them. Yeah. So um once the book stayed on the top 100 for a few weeks Mm -hmm. um I started getting contacted by like multiple people from the um, publishing industry now everybody wants PCU Uh, (laughs) well I mean (laughs) I mean it does make sense if you think about it I was not I was not represented like I had no representation I didn't even know how to query for an agent I was like I was flying solo in the like in the yeah. whole sense of the word. I was yeah, just, you know, um, doing I it on know. your own. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know what I was doing most of the time. I was just trying luck. Um, like I like I like to say this a lot, but it's very true. When I wrote the Spanish Love Deception, it was a book for me. It wasn't with any expectations. Um, wow. So this was a whole like it was a surprise. Obviously, right. I would have never um, anticipated it. But anyway, right. so. 
after a few weeks of the Spanish of Deception being in the top 100 of Amazon, I started, I, I got, I was contacted by agents, also by a few publishers. Okay. And, you know, then um, I signed with uh, my agent, with Jessica. And then from there, everything started like Snowballed. rolling. Yeah. Insane. Insane. So before we get on to the American roommate experiment, because obviously that's why we're here, I have to just like briefly talk about the Spanish love deception. Cause like, how <laughs> could I not? Um, I'm going to be fully honest when I say that I was unbelievably late to the Spanish love deception game. <laughs> like, I don't even want to tell you when I first read it. Cause you're going to be like, what the hell? This is the thing that I had. This was my sk- my fear basically was everybody was obsessed with the book and I was like what if I'm that one person that for some reason like it just doesn't jive with me and then like how can I show my face as a romance book reader and not be a fan of this book like I was petrified like literally and credit all credit goes to Chip he was like I promise you you're gonna love it he's like I know the books you love there's not one thing in here you're not gonna love like Aaron Blackford you're gonna die like just I'm telling you, read it. And I read it in one sitting on an airplane to Mexico in four hours, start to finish, (laughs) literally start to finish. My sister was sitting next to me who's already read it and loved it. And she was just staring at me as we're sitting on the airplane, like, "Mm -hmm, you're you're loving it, right? Like so angry at me. And I became literally obsessed. So I have to just ask like one question about this book Mm -hmm. and then we can move on. Like, like Aaron Blackford, like how did you come up with the most insanely beyond, like he is just like the baseline standard and nobody should settle for anything below him, you know? And like this, the bar is too high. It is. It it, it kind of is. Yeah. 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 I made my own bed there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You did. You really did. I did. I did. Yeah. Um, That's partly why I'm so terrified about like this book because the hero is very different, but we will. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. (laughs) You have nothing to worry about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The thing with Aaron, I think it was a lot because when I was writing the book, I was just. I was given it my all because I thought that maybe this would be the only book that I ever wrote. So mm-hmm. I just decided to make Aaron as perfect in my mind as I could. And mm-hmm. I had read so much romance. I was so obsessed with the romance genre that, you know, I I knew exactly what I wanted in yeah. my perfect hero like I had a definition and that definition is Aaron Blackford like that is you know if you were to ask me okay so what would your perfect romance hero be like yeah it's Aaron like I love Lucas and we will talk about him um but you know my definition of perfect man is Aaron Blackford and I think you can tell from how he's written like he's I mean (laughs) He's pretty perfect. It is <laughs> so he is. That's he why. Is, yeah. And he 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 checks a lot of boxes in the, you know, um stereotypical romance hero. Totally. Um, because he's like a stern man. He's, no, he's like he's like a he's a stern brunch daddy. Yes, exactly. Which is the exactly. best hero trope you could ever ask yeah. for. I mean, he is a Capricorn, so. Oh, important to note. Makes it yeah. all make sense now. It does. <laughs> so the Spanish love deception is going to be a freaking movie. Is this a thing? Yes. So the adaptation rights were 
but craziness um, but I'm so excited for you so the rights have been purchased but we're kind of just at that point now like ha- are yeah. we any movement in pre-production yet or not really not yet not that okay. I know of okay um so the contract was signed relatively recently so okay. yeah so it's like very early stages I the script is like written and I have read it which I mean the the producer's or the director and screenwriter, uh, not screenplay writer, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, they are super nice and super Amazing. open to me, kind of like, you know, giving my opinion and my thoughts on what they are doing and how they are thinking and their vision and everything. So I'm okay. very grateful for that. Okay. Um, but no news, no nothing, like not right. even, I'm not even like lying. I'm not even like, mm, no, no, no. it's like, yeah. literally I have nothing. <laughs> it's insane that this book is going to be made into a movie. First of all, from like a visual standpoint, it's just going to be stunning. Like, cause there's just so much to this story that it's going to be gorgeous. Like I'm praying that you get to go on set and just experience this and like, see these characters, like see Aaron Black for like, be a real human. Like do you yeah. have any, like, I don't know if you're even allowed to say this because maybe you're not, but like, do you have dream casting in mind? Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. I don't have, I'm very okay. open. I'm, I'm trying to stay open too, because okay. I feel like I really shouldn't like um, have an obsess, expectation. Yeah, yeah. Obsess myself with someone in particular because there. then I, I just don't I, I want to take on this project as a, something very optimistic and bright and happy you know I don't want yeah. to be disappointed or 100% set, yeah. the, set so, the expectations low I feel you yeah yeah so crazy so, as like a bookstagrammer like I just can't imagine like being a content creator and then writing a book and then have it take off and then get a freaking movie deal like when you found out th- that this was happening were you like beside yourself like <laughs> I was like hold on what I was like are they sure like are we are we are we sure about this like is this really yeah I mean I I I had been told from readers in general that um my writing is very visual it is um because I spend a lot of time describing situations and uh body language and like so then when I started meeting with producers that mm-hmm. happened to be interested in the Spanish love deception rights, they, like all of them, they did mention it. Like it, okay. is, it is a very cinematographic novel. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot to do. Like you can do a lot of things with it just from sure. how it's written. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, and then there were some people that were, oh my God, I'm waiting for Netflix to, you know, jump into the hype. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the you. moment, the moment itself was 
I mean, it it is still crazy today. It's crazy I think about it. I'm like, what is even life right no. now? <laughs> now we can talk about this beautiful baby right next to me, the American Roommate Experiment. Before we get into all of my questions and everything, I would love if you could just like tell the listeners. Most people, by the time they listen to this, they will know what the book is about. But just like a little brief summary, if you will. Okay, so the American Roommate Experiment takes place. Um, sometime after the epilogue of the Spanish Love Deception for those that are here because they have read that book. Um, For those that haven't, um, we meet Rosie, who is an engineer, New Yorker, just um, turned romance writer. Um, So she just quit her job. Um, At the beginning of the book, you know that something has happened in her life, but you're not sure what exactly. So yeah, so she has quit her job like a few months um, ago to pursue this um, dream of hers, this um, romance writer Mm -hmm. um, career. And then we have Lucas Martin, who is, for those that have read The Spanish Love Deception, Lucas is um, Lina's cousin. He's Spanish and he happens to be landing on New York City the same night that um, Rosie's apartment literally collapses on her. (laughs) So both of them meet in Lena's apartment on that first night. Um, Lena is not there. She's in Redacted. (laughs) (laughs) She's outside New York. She has left New York um, for a while. And yeah, so they meet there. Um, Rosie happens to have like a crash on Lucas because she has been stalking her, uh, his Instagram. And they, um, so long story short, they agree to share Lena's apartment because it's convenient for everybody. (laughs) And and, um, at the same time, um, Rosie is experiencing writer's block for the first time in her life and new um, writer's career. So Lucas offers to help. Hashtag fake dating, experimental dates. Um, yada yada it's not normal before we like talk about these characters I just have to discuss with you like the meat cute of this book and how it's first of all right off the bat which I freaking love I love when you just right get into it like that's just the best in my opinion like those are my favorite types of books but that first scene in this book I was actually cackling laughing and (laughs) can you just walk everybody through that like there I I imagine like writing it like there must have been a lot of like um move like movement involved in like trying to figure out like all of the dialogue and missing pieces and how they cut each other off and how you make it so mm. obvious that like Lucas is on the other side of the door hearing her on the phone. Like, can you like, set up that scene and explain how you kind of wrote it or how you came <laughs> with that up with that idea? Yeah, yeah of course. Um, <clears throat> so I'm a huge fan of rom-coms in general, and I'm a huge fan of like um, shows that are um, like comedy shows. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Friends, um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. because I've binge watched so much content, um, I am able to picture a very clear idea of what I want to do. And then, um, I mean, I'm not going to lie, the first draft of that first chapter sucked. <laughs> um, but first drafts always suck. So yeah, fair. You just have to get it off the, out of yeah. your head onto the page and then you figure it yeah. out. Yeah. It's a matter of like working on it until you're happy with it. But right. um, so that scene I built it like on layers. So I started with a very long scene, and then I usually like cut things and like right. remove things so they make sense together. Um 
So, and then, um, what was it? Um, like you also have to do like an exercise of, um, like trying to picture yourself in the shoes of both characters. Like if I were, you know, if I were like, if, if it was, if I was Rosie and I would hear someone trying to like force the log, what I would do, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and then if I was the person who's trying to get into my cousin's apartment with my key that she left for me and I somehow can't, and then there's some crazy woman like calling the police (laughs) on the other side, what would I do? Yeah. Um, So yeah, but it takes time. It's not like, oh, I sat down and wrote it and it was perfect, like not at all. And also on a, like a note on that, um, on the first draft, the um, dialogue between Rosie and Lucas was very awkward. It mm. was very, very awkward. I had to work really hard on those mm. first chapters, like on that dialogue, like those interactions between them. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be like super awkward because, I mean, you're just meeting someone that you have been stalking online. So. Yes you know it's meant to be awkward but that has to translate well into the book because yeah. otherwise the reader has secondhand embarrassment and it's yeah. like oh my god I cannot read this 100 you know? so, yeah it was just like the funniest scene but now like to talk about Rosie because she's like a romance writer did you use any parts of like you and your experience in creating her like mm-hmm. were you kind of the inspiration a bit maybe behind her character so I was, I took some, I took some things from my own experience for okay. Rose's character. Um, I mean, clearly we both are engineers that have quit. We have quit our right. job um, and pursue these. Um, there's, there's one main difference though, that I never experienced um, writer's block with my okay. second book because it was kind of, written before everything kind of like blew up right so that is one big difference um I I guess that I'm going to get that question a lot like did you go through the same things that Rosie not exactly not exactly okay I I did go or I am still going through like this um you know Rose is a character that she wants to give her best and she wants to please everybody and yeah. she wants to like um, have everyone happy and she puts a lot of pressure on her own shoulders. Mm-hmm. So that is something that I think we share. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm a terrible people pleaser. And I also, <laughs> I also demand a lot from myself. So okay. fair. Yeah. Fair. I just found it was interesting how she like struggles with the whole kind of being thrown into the spotlight as a writer, having a different background, Mm -hmm. like that's kind of same similar ish trajectory as your career, kind of just everything popping off. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, for sure. For sure. There's like a a parallelism there. Like Mm -hmm. um, we both go through similar journeys, but I think um, like not everything that happens to Rosie in the book necessarily happened to me. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Thankfully. Thankfully. So the most fun part of this book, I mean, there's so many fun parts, but like the fact that they get to go on these like fake dates and they're these elaborate romantic, like Lucas is just not a normal person type date. Do she's spitting? She had a spit take. I'm so sorry. Um, but like, was that so much fun to write like fake dates? Hmm. 
Yes, a hundred percent. Like, cause you, the, so the sky is like literally the limit because the stakes are so different in this point. Like they know, they both know that it's fake, but like they are both falling in love, you know? Yeah. So it's not like there's, you kind of have a different like understanding of like the emotional stakes because neither of them are kind of like a hundred percent into each other that they know, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's, it's so on the one hand, that is a very fun dynamic to write. Um, because you can play with so many things. You can play with um, body language. You can play with um, what, especially what Lucas says, because in yeah. this case, like, you know, Rosie has a crush on Lucas and mm-hmm. you know that she's absolutely 100% going to fall in love with him. Yeah. Um, Without a doubt. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not because, not because the romance book, although yes, but also because, I mean, if you start something like this with someone that you already like. Yeah, 100%. Uh, the yeah. circumstances got, are insane. Yeah. You're right. It's end game for sure. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things you can do with that. And there's a lot of like little um, Easter eggs that you can plant at the beginning of the book that then, you know, okay. to make the reader think about certain things. But at the same time, it's also like a thin line to walk, um, especially coming from a book that was centered around fake dating so I kind of wanted to keep the theme because it's a companion novel so it's Spanish love deception series kind of thing so Mm -hmm. the deception thing I wanted to kind of like keep it right but make it different and I thought it would be so much fun to um to explore these um like these experimental you know dating yes where the hero is a sweetheart and prepares amazing dates that are not real but actually they are real but they're not real you know what was your favorite date to write I'll I'll tell you what my favorite date to read was um okay you go first (laughs) a hundred percent the pizza making date yeah like it was just again it goes back to the way you write I guess like I was literally reading that scene but watching it play out in my head like a movie and it's just the sexual tension which we'll get to in in coming moments because like you're the most insane slow burn sexual tension writer in the entire freaking world that makes zero sense to me how you do this but we'll get to (laughs) to a second but what was your most favorite one to write that one was top three for sure for sure um like on that scene, you know, the beginning of the scene, and this is not a spoiler, it's yeah. something kind of um um I mean spoilerish, but not really. It's okay. Um, you would say what you need to say. So at the beginning of the scene, Lucas is tying an apron um around or on, I don't know, the around, yeah. that, around, yeah. around Rosie. Yeah. Um that scene was three pages long. Um, and my editor, like only that moment that him tying the apron, um, like my editor said, this is insanely long. Like you yeah. cannot have oh only that one single action, which is tying an apron. Yeah. You cannot have three pages of this. Cut it out. Like cut it short right now. I don't yeah. want to. I did it, but I yeah. don't want to. Yeah. Um, but that's how much fun I was having at that point in the novel because things are starting to like brew and thicken. And that is the scene, that is the date in the book that you already, like it is not the, like it's not the breaking point, but it's like the shift, something shifts there. 100%, 100%. They cross a line 
and then things are different between them from that point on so I was yeah. having a lot of fun writing that but my favorite date to write is the last date that I'm not gonna say anything else because I was like literally me. crying I had like tears like the corner yeah. of my eyes yeah not normal I I I I don't know I choke when I try to talk about that yes. emotion because to me and oh was, my god like to me and I'm I'm not even like that is what Lucas does on that last day to yeah, me it's not normal as a woman mm-hmm. it is the most romantic thing anybody the, could the, do the detail like that yeah. that's the thing that's that's the thing and then you kind of get a little bit of backstory about like how it was put together like as you whatever and it yeah. just like so like we kind of said before that like Aaron Blackford is like the standard but like I think like Lucas Martin can can be like they're, they're I just don't understand how you write men this way to be honest with you <laughs> I mean, I hope I can keep like keep doing it's, these. <laughs> it's crazy. It's insane. So let's talk about the freaking steam and intimacy in this book because like things don't really happen until like pretty far into the book happen in terms of like actual happening. But like the intimacy and the emotional like connection and the tension is so incredible that like it doesn't even matter almost like it's so gratifying once it happens. But once it happens, it's also like, okay, I could have even gone longer. Like you just write it so well. Like what is hard about like I can't imagine that that's easy to do to not have them just get together already, you know, like to drag it out. I mean, hmm. it is and it isn't. Um. So I make myself suffer as I'm writing because oh, okay, good. like, I, I mean, <laughs> at some point when I hit the 60% mark of the yeah. book, I am annoyed at myself. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like he's already like, yeah. oh, Jesus. It, it's very frustrating as a yeah. writer, I think, because I was a reader. So I'm kind right. of experiencing both things at mm-hmm. the same time. I'm also a huge um, slow burn reader. Um, you could tell. I think you can tell. I think you can tell. A little obvious. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think I could write like a fast burn. I I think I would not be able to connect with those characters if I don't make them go through what I make them go. Yeah. 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 I love it. I'm normally not a big slow burn person because I just am like instant gratification. Like I need it now. Like, why are you making me wait? Like, why are we delaying the inevitable? But for whatever mm. reason, with both of your books, it just like really works. <laughs> it really, it's because the tension is so good that you don't even like need the actual thing to happen. That makes me very happy. <laughs> I was dying. I had like, I messaged you, but I had like serious yeah. butterflies in my like chest, stomach, like <laughs> my like legs were like hurting, like everything. I was just like, need, I felt like I needed to take like deep yoga breaths. Like I needed to like come <laughs> over and just be like, <sighs> okay, like I couldn't. And I really read the last, I want to say, 40 percent in one sitting so I just like digested like the meat of this book in one like really one intake so I was just overwhelmed and unwell (laughs) the entire time and I was just like I don't know and then you go also on top of their story which is beyond words you get like snippets of Aaron and Lena like they come back yeah was that fun for you to write? I'm sure everybody, when they oh. found out you're writing a second book, they were like, but you need to put them in it. Like, I'm sure everyone yeah. was thinking. Yeah, well, that together with it. Oh, when I when are we getting the Spanish of Deception? Only in Aaron's POV. Yeah. I mean, 
yeah, yeah. That's those are the two hit yeah the two yeah. hit questions but yeah. um yes it was a lot of fun to revisit Aaron and Lena also um it is such a comfortable place for me to go as a writer um mm-hmm. because I those characters are were already a part of me when I was writing Rosie and Lucas and when I was right. learning who they were so mm-hmm. visiting Aaron and Lena it was just so easy so natural so organic it was just like you know like breathing Right. Yeah. So good. And then I guess we just need to like also address, we talked about, I guess, like the slow burn of it all, but like the way that you write intimacy and like once it actually gets down to it, like I was shook when I was reading the Spanish love deception because I did not (laughs) expect that level of like steam. No, but like, it's not even just like the spice. It's like the steam plus the spice plus like the dirty talk. Like there's just like so much in there. And then like, Again, it's like a bit different, I would say, in the American Roommate mm. Experiment, but like the the level of like heat is matched for sure. Yeah. Is that like hard for you to write? Is it awkward for you to write? Like, do you find it easy as a romance mm. reader? Maybe it's just something that like comes yeah. very like easy, natural to you. Like, I would love to know about the steam writing. So to me, it's super easy. Um, yeah. it it has never come like as awkward or forced or okay. to me feels natural I know I get like a little bit of criticism on that because the novels in general they are very fluffy um Mm -hmm. and then people don't expect the steam to be that interesting like they find that it's a lot of a contrast like it doesn't yeah some people can complain about that to me it feels like the best of both worlds Yeah, yeah because having like getting through a slow burn as a reader I feel like a good slow burn has to be very rewarding so it has to reward you and to me the best kind of reward is that physical intimacy like Mm -hmm. that like the sex scene so when they are together for the first time Mm -hmm. um, to me has to be rewarding so and I love like a good steamy read I Mm -hmm read all kinds of romance i also read like this um super short erotica like novelized that i'm yeah. not even yeah so i'm a big reader of everything mm-hmm. so maybe that's why it doesn't feel awkward because i'm not embarrassed to you know it's amazing like, uh, <laughs> no like you consume me. so much of it like it's just mm-hmm. like it's just part of what these books yeah, are like it doesn't yeah i love that though yeah it's it's part of it. Like some people, for instance, said about Aaron in the Spanish Love Deception that his character didn't like the way he behaved behind closed doors with Lena, like maybe that dirty talk would not fit with how his personality was. To me, it made the whole like it made all yeah. the sense in the world for him to be that way. Yeah. Um, and with Lucas, I mean, I still haven't gotten so many comments because the book is not out yet. Um, yeah. but I also feel like a lot of his dynamics, um, you know, behind closed doors, I no, also feel like they make sense with his character. But- like, yes and no, because it's not so outward facing. Like when you see him, he's like, like in public, he just seems like sweet yeah. and gentle. And then he like turns into a goddamn animal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I don't know. It fits. I, it does fit. Like, you know, um, <laughs> I forgot <laughs> there was like a saying about that, but I forgot it. What was that? Like a man know. in the streets, but a freak in the sheets thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's him. That's him. So that's, that's kind of him. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. 
No, it's the best. And like, I just can't get enough of him. Like, what was your favorite scene to write in this book between them? Was it the like the, the last fake date? Um, I was obsessed with the bathroom scene. Couldn't deal. Yeah, the masquerade ball. Not normal. Um, yeah. Again, another scene that needs to be a movie because it was so perfectly written beyond words. Oh, and I was you. like sweating reading it. I was like, oh my God. And I had the biggest like shit eating grin on my face. Like I was like, yeah. <laughs> like while I was reading. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is, um, that was a very good scene. Like, it was a lot of fun to write, um, especially because you see him struggle for the first time, like, really struggle to hold himself. Yeah, back, the restraint. Right? It's the restraint. Yeah. It's what's He's so, restrained. like, hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh. it plays it plays so well with the slow burn um, yeah. because you have a lot of pull and push. Yeah. And, you know, like, yes almost but not really but we're friends but we're not but you know so no it's so good the amount of tropes you played with also in this book is just <laughs> so fun like not only is it fake dating but it's like forced proximity like guy yeah. like it's just too good the funny thing about tropes is that I never set myself on writing them you they just, just kind of... they they happen and wild. um yeah again this is another one of the criticisms that I've seen online like oh, her books are so tropey. And I'm like, oh, like, yes. Okay, so they are. I mean, to me, um, a book being tropey is something that I like as a reader. So I write it. Yeah. And then cliches, I love them. And then <laughs> books being fluffy and cheesy in the best way possible yeah. as a reader, I love that too. Same. So I mean, maybe they're not realistic, but no. But like, that's also like the point of a romance book. Like, don't you want the escapism? Like, that's what I'm reading them for. I'm not reading them for yeah. for a direct re- reflection of my life and my relationship. I'm looking for I, something that's fantasy land. Yeah, I also I'm a huge escapist when I yes. pick my my books. I just like I want to escape the world. I don't want realistic stuff. I yeah. want over the top romantic fluffy things I agree (laughs) so yeah (laughs) so I think I published the Spanish love so self-published the Spanish love deception February 2021 and I think in March end of March I was already writing the American dream wow okay so it was pretty close okay um together also because I mean when I published this when when the Spanish of Deception was finally out, mm-hmm. um, those first readers loved the book, and to me that was a shock. Um, Why? So, I don't know because it was the first time that I was doing something like this. Okay. I was just shocked to get so much love at the okay. like at the beginning. Yeah, fair, fair. Um, also, like I've never even took like I, I never took like a creative writing course right. or anything like I had zero experience but you consumed so much so you kind of yeah. knew, like that's what's so crazy like reading is literally what taught you how to write absolutely yeah yeah everything was like not even self-taught it was yeah um I was like a sponge um yeah. and then I could use what I learned yeah unconsciously yeah um so yes so um because I was getting so much love when the book was out, mm-hmm. um, I thought, well, you know what? Maybe I should write Rose's story. And I started writing right away. And I thought, hey, who knows? Maybe maybe at the end of the year, um, I can 
self-published American Dream Experiment and I have like a reader base and Mm -hmm. I can maybe do part-time in my job and part-time writing or something like that. You know, I was like trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I love. Okay. So I don't want to take too much of your time, but before we go, what are we like working on now? Could we discuss anything? Or yeah, of course. Oh, good. So, I like to hear. Um, <laughs> Tell so me. I will be I will be publishing another two books with Atria. One 2023, another one 2024. And so oh my far, God. I can talk about I can only talk a little bit about what I'm working on right now. Okay. Um, which is not going to be in the Spanish Love Deceptions universe. Okay. Um, it's going to be something new. Um, it's so far is um <laughs> is enemies to lovers again or Love. yeah, um also like kind of forced to work together in a way um is um it takes place in a small town uh with two city uh people so, love love <laughs> yeah both of them come from um the same world but very okay. different um sides of that world um okay. which is the soccer world <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, it is kind of like a sports romance without really being a sports romance. It's like my okay. own take, my own take on it. Um, very fun. And yeah, I'm very, very excited about. I think this book is going to be a lot of fun um, because these two characters are very different to okay. any other character I've written. Okay, that's so fun um, for you to write. I'm sure, like a new, fresh, yeah, something different. Yeah. How I far into books. the writing are you? Like, where not, are we? At? Not not as far as I should. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you have time. You have time. Uh, yeah, well. Uh, kind of. Kind of. You'll, kind you'll of. make time. You'll make time. I hope, it's yeah. so exciting. Yeah, I'm very excited for this You're book. You're so busy. I think, yeah. I mean, I hope everyone loves it. It's going to be the same, same things that I, that with this too, it's going to be slower and, and yeah. you know, steamy, but also very slow burny. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I'm so excited. I can't wait for everyone to read this book. It's so good. And I know like, you know how much I love it, but like, I don't know. I just think that everyone's going to be going into it, like freaking out because they've loved the Spanish self-deception and there's been so much time between the two. So I feel like people are now going to be like, okay, what do we get? And they're going to get so much out of it. Like, it's so exciting. I hope so. I hope, I hope people enjoy it. I'm I think if you've enjoyed my writing and my way of telling stories with the Spanish love deception, yeah. I think chances are you're going to enjoy this one. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, Lucas is very different to Aaron. Um, but, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. The formula like stays the same. Like you're going to fall in love with him the same way. Like you're going to have the same, at least for me as a reader, like I had the yeah. same obsession, obsession feeling with both, even though they're yeah. different. I mean, yeah, both are heroes that listen and that pay attention. <laughs> How you know? sad is that? That's like the bar. They're like, yep, they're men that listen. <laughs> what kind <laughs> of society do we live in? Like, how yeah. sad is that? That's like, they're it amazing is. because they use their ears. <sighs> it is a little sad, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm so excited for you. I can't wait. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. coming and chatting with me. This was the best time ever. I'm so happy I got to ask you all of my questions. I mean, I could have done an entire episode on the Spanish Love Deception, but like maybe one day we'll do a bonus episode or something. 
Oh, let's do it. I, I mean, would love that. I would love. I would love it. I would love it too. Like oh. you, you can't tell I love to talk. So. I know. I, I love listening to you talk. You have the best accent ever. The first time I ever heard your <laughs> accent, I was like, I didn't realize that you were like from Spain. Oh, <laughs> which is a crazy credit also to your writing. Like you write, you don't write as if like you're bilingual. Thank you. Um, Not- it is. It is one of the things I'm most self conscious of. You know, um, you're incredible. I mean, you have nothing to be conscious, self conscious about. Seriously. Thank you so much. Seriously. Also, yeah, also my accent is kind of, but it's so hard for us Spaniards to like get rid of this freaking accent. I swear. No, don't get rid of it. It's amazing. Thank okay. <laughs> well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. This is no. the best ever, ever, ever. Thank you I'm for having me. Like, of course. You guys, bloggers, podcasters, bookstagrammers, book talkers, book tweeters, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> book tours, all of like, you yeah. guys are really a huge part of like our, you know, our reason to be here. Mm-hmm. And without bloggers, we would not reach as many readers as we do. So, you know, you taking this time to like record a podcast and having me here and talk about books, like that means the world. Mm-hmm. And I know how hard it is because I was there, <laughs> not <laughs> on the podcast nice side, yeah. but on the bookstagram side. And yeah. I know how hard. So I always like... I make sure to always say thank you and you know you're seen and <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. No, you're the best. I really appreciate you taking the time. You've got so much on the go. So this was such a treat. It was so much fun.